0: Hey, you cool listeners and podcast fanatics. Thanks for coming back to another episode of Uncle Jay's Lounge. It is your favorite uncle. And today, Julian and I will be talking about all things social media and relationships, whether it comes to the people that you follow on Instagram and like their pictures and the addictive side of that, and also the relationships that we build on the more romantic side. So we'll be talking about OnlyFans as an empire, and how it's affecting us today in a 2021 landscape. Before we do that, I want to check in with my co-host, Julian. How's it going, my man? Long-time listener, second-time
1: host. Happy to be here. I think today's topics are very exciting and on point. And also to record this, it's somewhere around the one year of the big pandemic beginning. And how things have transitioned and both of these topics have definitely peaked during these quarantines and pandemics. So I'm really looking forward to getting down and hanging out in the lounge. Well said. So to to kind of just jump into it, man,
0: why do you think something like OnlyFans that now kind of uh, blossomed from something that was quite quiet in the mid-2010s, and I believe it started in 2016 or so, is a force to be reckoned with and now kind of like the sexy gig economy in a way. The gig economy, to your
1: point, especially the sexy gig economy that it is now with DoorDash, Uber Eats, OnlyFans, Twitch, online streaming of any nature, has become very easy to access. And I think a lot of people who lost jobs and saw the money that some individuals were making on this platform, they thought it would be best to enter these areas. And OnlyFans, in this example, has made it so easy for someone to sign up, create an account, and create the content that they'd like with very little restrictions on what you can do. And a lot of people, I think, have this this nature within themselves that we've seen on OnlyFans to promote themselves in a very safe place without any potential harm in the type of content that is typically being produced and associated with OnlyFans. But my main question is, is OnlyFans purpose strictly for that type of content or is OnlyFans in the grand scheme of things more of a hosting site or a YouTube-esque site behind a paywall?
0: Interesting take you had there, especially because there's kind of now competing forces because OnlyFans is OnlyFans, but before the natural force was kind of like premium Snapchats that people would be going about trying to do. Or now even Twitter kind of has something similar where it has a subscriber for people that you can follow, or at least it's piloting it and talking about it. And essentially, you can only you can see like exclusive content if you're subscribed to somebody. So we see a lot of people kind of biting, whether they're kind of originating it in their own natural way or kind of imitating it, the OnlyFans model in a lot of ways, but. I think it is somewhat of the uberization of human bodies. And even more specifically, I think it's a bit more about relationships, right? Like you have kind of a contractor of work. So these in this particular case, it's sex workers and they sell a good and they distribute that good over a platform that charges them a fee to do that and then people to interact with them. So it's kind of like a, a really new and innovative thing in wrapped up in the same old thing as far as them providing a service of connecting two groups of people that then kind of spur on to have their own ecosystem
1: so one of the questions that's popping into my mind while you were you're speaking there is if a friend of yours wanted to create an only fans account and produce content from your perspective what advice would you give an individual who is starting to produce content on OnlyFans or a platform like that.
0: Honestly, I don't have any problem with people doing OnlyFans. Like, I don't care. If you're creative about it, you, it can, like, absolutely change your life. And it has for a lot of people. The, the thing that I would think about or, like, you know, mention is that through research and looking up data points and things of that nature, the game is a lot more cutthroat than some might think. Especially since, you know, most accounts take home less than $450 per month and that's after commission and then the most common amount of revenue that producers make is zero dollars and then the second most common value is five. So it's not just 100% automatically amazing money straight off the bat. In most cases, it's kind of like uh, any really, really competitive market with a lot of players in the game. You either got to be lucky or really skilled or talented to um, to get to that spot where you're making really amazing money. So I would just say, you know, think about it realistically. Like, what are you trying to do? What do you want to get done in the market and so on? But what about you? How would you approach that?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. From my perspective, I'm pretty neutral. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I think the one piece of advice, and you kind of touched on it, was like you have to make sure that going into this platform, if you're going to be doing provocative content, that this is your plan A, and you're thinking of options on how to grow and scale and create a future for it, because there is that small potential of people who are trying, oh, I'm going to try this for a month. And then they aren't seeing any return, or maybe they saw 15 or $20, and then they stop. And then that content is out there forever. And then you run into that potential problem, which is another controversial area, where an example in the US, a mom and her son were kicked out of a Catholic school because some of the fathers of other students found her content on OnlyFans. And so the question you ask there is it. Why does why is she being kicked out? If other parents at the school are also on the site paying for that service, because that's how you see the content—you have to pay to see it. And so I think in the bigger picture of things, and as you touched on it, the grand disparity between the top producers who are actually making in the large amounts you're saying, and then the average user who's not really making that much money—you really have to be committed. And I think that asks that bigger question about should this also impact someone's future if they tried this for 6 months and it didn't work out and then a company that they tried to apply for in 2 years found out about this content that is the the question that I always wonder about is there a
0: balance there I'm glad you brought that up man because I feel like that's the most interesting part about things like OnlyFans is the number one it's clear you know anybody with half a brain could realize that it's not about naked bodies because you can get those for free um, with the internet. They're obviously selling a relationship there, and I I think that that's obviously the the really lucrative part if you can make connections with fans and people. And that's something that's interesting in other places as well. Now, to your point, as far as like how that can actually affect and damage people's relationships, I kind of want to before even getting there, I want to address the fact well i think to be honest i think that if it's a private school they they can do whatever they want number 1 i'm going to give them the right to do that is it fair to do probably not but being that if you are trying to i'm going to play the devil's advocate here because i think that she absolutely has a right to do everything legally to kind of provide for her family and all of that good stuff but as a if it's a private catholic school then they need to uphold the, let's say the Bible, the biblical morality that they have to produce and grow into these kids. So I could see that also being, you know, something that could be damaging to the rest of the school body for sure. And as far as, you know, I don't think that the people reporting it should be in trouble at all. One off the bat of being a narc, isn't that cool, but you know, (laughs) other than that, my man, honestly, who cares, but My question to you is, do you think that any sort of discrimination for these people is okay? One. And what would you say in that particular case? And also to bring that up, I think it was kind of, uh, if you research the story a little bit more, the mom does like a petty move and then donates like a hundred grand to, or like $250,000 to like some charity saying she has too much money. Obviously that's a flex because she's hurting and kind of embarrassed for her kid. And her, obviously this woman makes a lot, a lot of money, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month off this site. But before we get into a whole bunch of other stuff, man, what is your reaction to that? And should these women who are it's absolutely fine. And I think it's appropriate to call them sex workers in a legal, in a, you know, in a very legal way, is there any ramification? Do you
1: think, or, you know, should there be anything tied to what they do as a job? No. What OnlyFans has done as a platform is created a much safer environment for those individuals seeking that type of work, especially when you compare it to maybe the adult entertainment industry, where based on the article that you sent over, we'll put it in the show notes too, but essentially OnlyFans is cutting out the middleman. So you're actually getting paid rather than making commission and you're not working these very harmful adult sets that are happening. And I think for those individuals who are making the content on that platform, at the end of the day, it's really up to you. It's really up to that person. I don't think if you're qualified for a job and you exceed those requirements, I think, I don't think you have to be hired. I don't think you deserve to be right away dismissed. I think it has to take some consideration on the company. Like you had mentioned with the private school, if they're private and that doesn't reflect their image, then they have the right to. I hadn't thought about that. in regards to a a company, I think it's the same thing. It depends on the scale of the situation, who it is, if it's going to make others uncomfortable. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of the societal norm that's happening. But I do believe it shouldn't be on the case that strictly for past work or past jobs, or entrepreneurial efforts, I think in those cases they should consideration the requirements in the culture fit or the work fit more so than that past work is. Because if you're going to hire someone who's less qualified and it's gonna make your teams or your company's work less efficient or it isn't gonna bring anything into the table, that's some consideration you may have to have. Something that we didn't even
0: bring up too is that as far as you know their pay goes, Hazard pay is economically built into their pay, usually. So, of course, you have people on the low ends. And like I said, there's a ju- There's a bunch of people. So the most common number as far as people making money is zero dollars. So there's a lot of people that aren't making a lot of money, but they're also probably not getting a lot of eyes on them. When you actually kind of make it successfully in something like OnlyFans, you're actually getting paid Not only for the content that you create and the relationships that you maintain, but also the risk of what you look like to the society and the community. That's just built into the economic model because people that are too averse to that as far as what it would look like for their family, the ecosystem that they're around wouldn't get involved in that. So that kind of etches up the price a little bit. So there's things that kind of the checks and balances in this that naturally occur as far as them getting judged I think you're right on the money if somebody can do the job then that's great and they should do the job it it seems like a very capitalistic way of going about it but I think it's probably the most efficient right way my question to you man is to kind of switch gears a little bit why do you think something like OnlyFans has
1: been so dynamic in the past few years Uh, maybe an amalgamation of things especially in this past year I believe one I guess for the foundation, you know, how does OnlyFans work? If you're a potential creator, you want to create an account, you make an account, you utilize your name or maybe use a pseudonym or maybe not your name, and you start creating this content. And then individuals find your content and sign up on a monthly fee, whether it's $3 a month, $5, $20, there's these different tiers, and then they're paying monthly for exclusive access to whatever content is being created. And not all of the content as OnlyFans is related to adult entertainment. There are some celebrities who are using it just for behind-the-scenes Patreon-type things, but it's this unique subscription service. But I do think in 2020, 2021, it's been so dynamic because the ease to diversify as a user what you're looking for, and you feel like you're part of a community, you feel like you're exclusive, you may be getting these interactions that are driving you know if you have low self-esteem it's making individuals feel better about themselves maybe it's a an interest that they have that they're going for and they're requesting these special actions or videos or whatever it is individuals can now just essentially say five dollars is what i'm interested in i'm getting exclusive content as in the past there's no way you were ever going to be able to do that and then the third element i think is the news cycle itself was so much free advertising for OnlyFans, the people who average America has no clue what this is or that it exists. But then as soon as news articles pick up that these content creators are buying, you know, large houses, they're making X amount of money, they're buying these cars, they're seeing this crazy revenue growth. OnlyFans is reporting some numbers. Then people start more and more are, are just interested in the site itself and the acts or trying out and then find out it's stick. And OnlyFans has done what a lot of social media companies in the past have struggled with is OnlyFans has been pretty hands off of what the content on there is because people are paying for that service and they're kind of leaving it up to the creator to create those goods, creating an environment where people don't feel restricted or censored in any regards on the platform. It does,
0: in a sense build well it has to well i was gonna say it has to regulate and modulate to a point right so for all of you that have been kind of following along to this only journey in some sort of aspect you know that i believe it's bella Thorne. she made a grip bro in a week like a million dollars in a week and and the big thing was is that people felt cheated and upset because they were promised something and then they weren't given you know so they paid and flooded in And they weren't given that number one Too, I want to say that it's really weird that this girl that came up off of Disney and being kind of like Disney's kind of a kids network and stuff like that. All of a sudden, she's like the biggest thing to hit the market as far as selling your body and pictures and stuff like that. So I find that kind of funny. But the main thing that was the huge issue there was the whole fact that she was promising like you know nudes and stuff like that but wasn't delivering on that so good for her for leveraging her fan base but then she abused it in the end by making promises that she wasn't going to ever follow through on and things of that nature so up to that point as far as she gets an only fans people are super hyped But then the second she doesn't deliver, I feel like... Well, and obviously OnlyFans um, adjusted their pay scale and now people are getting paid monthly instead of instantly and stuff like that. So don't finesse a large amount of people. Especially dude, like lonely guys. I feel like that's kind of punching down. Which I'm a fan of comedy, so that's totally cool. But in certain
1: circumstances. But uh, I think Mm -hmm. we know what happens when incels get raged. Overall, I think the platform itself lends to where society in itself is going. I think there's more things happening online. Some people criticize OnlyFans for the type of content that's being utilized for in the same way that people criticize what YouTube live streaming or Twitch live streaming has turned into as well, where some people are like, "Oh, they're just playing video games and people are paying to watch people play video games." It's all kind of the same at this point, but I think a lot of people are looking for this easier gratification and moving away from the platforms and and cable and what may not be offered on major streaming services to this more natural organic content that feels more like a, to some people, a friendship or a relationship as you get to know this person over time, as opposed to like a highly polished produced piece of content that ends up on on TV. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, more and more of that begins to happen. People are seeking more connection in a digital environment than they are in the real world
0: i think that this is a perfect link to what we were talking about before with non-fungible tokens and if you guys are interested in kind of cryptocurrency and that type of stuff listen back to episode one it's all about authenticity now and it's even more so than it has been before it's it's now about people kind of being somewhat organic and making those relationships and illustrating in some sort of way that they're different from others by being original. And so I think that that's what these platforms kind of help with, especially like you mentioned Twitch and and YouTube gaming and things of that nature where you can kind of get closer to the people that you're watching and possibly idolize. And that's where this connection holds a lot of value monetarily and socially. And what do you think?
1: That's it right there, I think. The authenticity is always going to sell, and we've always seen that. And I think people are becoming more and more connected with these digital environments to understand what's authentic and what's not. And those who are authentic are staying around for a much longer time. And you know, in relation to NFTs, as you touched on, it is interesting to think some of these content creators on any of these platforms could create an NFT, a very exclusive content that only X amount of people have and charge a, a pretty penny for it because it, it appears as some people on only fans are giving and donating tens of thousands of dollars to these content creators or when you're on twitch people are getting thousand five thousand dollar donations people are willing to spend that money for that that piece of content and to felt known so to have that actual connection of this clip that there's only a hundred of and you have one of them continues to seem more and more realistic to where Individuals are, are moving towards and seeking. We've seen in 2020, social media engagement has gone through the roof, on-screen time has accelerated, and people are taking part in these digital experiences, looking and comparing with friends. And you can see the outrage that's happening, the value that's being placed on this digital format. And recently, Instagram was doing a test and removed its likes from photos, right? So individuals on the front end couldn't see how many likes a photo got. Why does that matter? It doesn't because content creators on the back end are still able to see, and you and your profile, you're still able to see how many likes you got in the metrics and the views and the impressions. But on the front end, it doesn't show so and so with a million followers on top of someone with, or a million likes on top of someone with 10 likes. So the question I ask is, why, why do you think it matters that in social media people like to see those metrics, likes, favorites, retweets, shares, whatever it may be?
0: Well, I think that this is actually the one kind of like the few exceptions of how we don't like things like this certain area is somewhere where we don't like things to be more like real life, where we won't get a outside of like a standing ovation. There's not really any sort of group sentence of, oh, I like what this person's doing in this moment right away outside of some outwardly show. But I think that the reason that people are freaking out over that feature is there's always a group aspect to social media. And I think it's just ingrained in humans. Um, We want to be accepted by the group. And that's why there's just such an addiction to it. And removing that aspect of it actually makes your experience that has been group oriented into a singular one and removes some of that dynamicism that you would get otherwise. But in your opinion, what do you think you're actually running into when people are freaking out that they can't see the people that that liked the picture or, you know, oh my gosh, like I like this picture, but I can't see if my girlfriend liked it or something like that. Maybe I'm kind of um really Throwing it into a very specific direction, talking about you know imitating somebody who's talking about their girlfriend liking another picture. But um,
1: <laughs> what do you think, Jay?
0: Tony's gonna do a little demo. Oh, shit.
1: I think what's happening, and we'll post the article below, is that there's a large study that shows people who are more attracted to social media typically be are younger, lower income, typically female. Maybe have low self esteem are the ones who are typically most often on social media with higher screen times. And I think what's happening, what people get upset about in terms of social media and likes is not so much what seeing what other people are liking. I think there's a certain value you put on yourself or as an individual if you have, you're setting these requirements in your mind that are completely abstract letter saying, oh, if I, if I only have 10 likes on my photo, I'm not worth anything. If I have 100 likes, I'm worth a little bit more. If I have a thousand followers, I'm worth more. And people are upset that other people can't directly see that their photos or their tweets are doing well. There's no bragging nature there. There's no reward system for them for to say in a casual conversation, someone's like, oh, I can't believe your photo got 400 likes. You know that's a reward to those individuals however i think a lot of individuals have placed the idea of fame as occurring from the numbers they're seeing on the front end when in reality all of these these influencers who do have those numbers are building this brand and it's not necessarily based on you know those likes are going to get you a certain amount but companies nowadays are smart enough to say okay you have two million followers look at some of the top you know influencers content creators while wow, you have two million followers, but your posts are only getting 2,000 likes which to some people 2,000 likes is a lot but on the business side of things it's making it easier to see okay, you just have a lot of followers but they are engaged with your content they don't really care and I think that's why Instagram is testing that feature to make sure that the influencers and the creators that are being promoted on their platform are going to drive more money, to instagram drive more screen time to instagram through these top brands engaging with those those influencers but it does have that effect on those lower ages you know lower income people who are more on there that are associating this value with a number on their photo to their own personal value damn man well
0: i think we just stumbled on julian's back pocket dissertation everybody that was actually <laughs> super interesting so so, to echo it back to you, essentially what you are surmising is that there's two kind of forces here. We have Instagram itself who is doing this purge of or kind of um, restructuring of the environment to actually understand exactly who the people that they should be dealing with are. And that goes by actually removing the group function feature to see actually who likes who. Because they like them instead of this group phenomenon that's happening. So I think that's one thing that you mentioned. And then the second thing is that as a innocent victim of kind of an innocent bystander that sees a drunk driver and gets hit, they are actually that whole thing is affecting people's self image of themselves, seeing that other people aren't seeing how valuable they are in their own mind, which is directly tied to. How many
1: people like their butt pic am i am
0: i on the right track
1: no that's right hell yeah originally right instagram was made to share photos just and that was it and over time it scaled into this thing that makes people millions of dollars a year and i think in turn as people have become more vulnerable and more accustomed to those metrics that that's how people nowadays are placing their social value or their social ranking it's almost in scale, I think it was China, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that was working on a system to rate their, their citizens, where people are associating this value with themselves because of a like on a on a photo, and they're posting and editing these photos to show this life that they want others to see, even though that they they don't live that life in that same regards is the same reason why you're seeing depression rates skyrocket is because no one was ever trained on how to use social media or how to to look at it or how to take a step away. So if you are on social media and statistically you're a younger female who's in high school and you're doing all this comparison during a pretty pivotal time in your life and you don't feel like you're living this life that someone is portraying and you're associating, oh, they get a lot of light, so they must be, rich and famous and have this great life and you look at yourself who's like oh i don't have all this stuff but in reality maybe your life is better than that person who's posting but social media is never going to tell that story if you're always directly comparing yourself with someone else
0: yeah i think you said it really well there and kind of encapsulated this as a screenshot or a snapshot of the dynamics and the moving forces that are coming in contact here i think it is Obviously, it's also built for you to be addicted to. I mean, over the past months and maybe years, we've seen how, kind of under the hood through documentaries and otherwise, of why this thing is so personalized to us and has it almost seems like it's us leading us to stay on there. And it's just because they, you know, have algorithms that are designed to have us interact with these things. And, i'm curious jay do you think that there's like what's the long-term play man like how are they going to make money off the people that everybody likes without the group effect is there is this just kind of you know denoising the variables here and saying we know okay so this person likes exactly these things so it makes it more pure as far as a marketing standpoint or is there something that they can do with the actual influencers and the users who are putting out the pictures Like can they make money off there or is it just off the data side of it all?
1: Excellent point. And I think this wraps things into another a point we talked about earlier is authenticity. It's going to make authentic content and real content more valuable and authentic individuals more valuable to the platform and to their audience than it is to someone who's, you know, a little bit more superficial that is necessarily gaming the system. It's going to allow like i said for for instagram it's all about businesses and money so if companies can easily identify individuals who have a high engagement rate i.e. the amount of people who are engaging with their photos if you have a million a million followers 20% is a very very high number so you know you have 200,000 people engaging as opposed to there's a lot of influencers and we've all heard about it before that are trying to flex these numbers like oh my photo gets 10,000 likes if you send me free products you know I'll give you a shout out in reality where those small businesses that are affected weren't seeing any return because someone may get 10,000 likes but of those 10,000 likes none of their audience is going on to buy the products that they're they're offering and so Instagram is losing out on potential advertisers on their platform this, that, and a third. And that's kind of how it scales. But I think in the grander scheme of things, Jordan, I guess I'll pose the question first. Do you think social media is inherently good or evil? I think that
0: this question has been asked in a lot of different ways. Do you think X, Y, or Z is evil? And I think that it always comes down to, it depends on how you use this tool. Social media is a concept and it's an idea it's not necessarily one with characteristics and a heartbeat and everything like that. So I think that it's it has a high propensity to be used in damaging ways. And I think that it's being leveraged that way in a lot of circumstances. But I think for the most part, even with the addictiveness, it is something that humans aren't adept enough to Use and you know, sophisticated enough to use in kind of healthier ways or ways of moderation. So, I would say that man. I think it's it's a evil to the point of
1: how you use it. How about you? That's spot on. I I don't think the platform itself is inherently evil or inherently good. I think these changes that we're seeing, based on lots of researches, they're slowly trying to combat some of the the common critiques of these platforms being too addictive sharing you know misinformation and things like that which are you know definitely happening i think the to me the bigger problem has always been especially for our generation right we were like the first ones to get social media we had we were on myspace we're on facebook we're on instagram when it all started to pop off and there's never been education on what it is or how to utilize it you're essentially giving what is the term you're giving a baby, you know, a loaded gun and hoping it does it does all right with it. And that's to your point. It really is on how you how people are utilizing it. And I think over time, these platforms are definitely getting a lot of these lawsuits and they're working towards making things less harsh or less addictive or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, as a business, that's how they make money. The longer you're on their site, the longer, the better they're doing. And I think the the real factor that's missing is there is no education for any individual on how to use Facebook, how to use Instagram, how to spot misinformation and things like that. And maybe they're starting to do that by flagging things as misinformation and all that. But that's always the question of who are you to censor this? Who are you to do that? And it's gone so wild for so long that that is the, the biggest problem is like, who are you to censor this? You've let it go all this time. And why are you stepping in now? Is it because you're being politically back X, Y, and Z? So it'll be interesting over the next few years, decade to see what happens with these platforms.
0: It'll be quite interesting. I mean, it's been an amazing ride to see the birth of these things. And now I feel like we've gone into a transitionary period where they're not new and novel and innocent anymore and we can see some of the the blemishes of the system itself and how it's particularly articulated at this point especially with censorship because i think that one can we can talk about a lot on now i think we'll be seeing not late game but maybe possibly mid game where We'll have enough infrastructure to actually adjust to these things and know enough to actually watch them closely. And of course, government's slow, but that's kind of one of the big heavy objects that we can do or use to move these things in different ways to kind of manage them
1: correctly. So it'll be an interesting one to to witness. Absolutely. In the broader scale. It's a, a very large conversation with a lot of variables, even from where we started with talking about these online content creation platforms and hosting sites like OnlyFans to, you know, what is realistically the difference with where social media is as they're hosting your content? Obviously, it's a bit more censored, but the internet in itself, there's a lot of things that need to be worked on or regulated, it and it's just moving so fast that no one's been able to step in and not to say in some cases you could say, oh, internet's terrible, but The internet's great. I mean, you have the the power of the world in your pocket for the most part. Even those developing nations are getting access to the internet and educating themselves to find the next great scientist, the next great author or fighter or comedian or whatever it is. There's all these great ways to connect. It's just trying to find the way to regulate some of that information and ensure that it isn't destructing You know any societal norms or it's creating these strong these very very strong opinions and you know how did it get there and where did it start it's always going to be difficult to uh, analyze yeah man speaking
0: to you guys who are listening right now if you're a fan of this podcast if you're a fan of only fans um how about only uncles (laughs) and that means subscribing to uncle Jay's lounge listen to our episodes on spotify or google podcasts all the good stuff Thank you for listening, and we appreciate the interactions. Damn straight! Woo! Hey, Nani Nani talking. Hey, Nani Nani. Come
1: on. Thanks for entering the lounge today. As Jordan said, yeah, feel free to hit us up with any topics or any conversation or just tell us we're wrong. Sometimes that's great. We appreciate you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next Tuesday.